Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. It's the two Ronnies. It's Beavis and Butthead. Dumb and Dumber. Laurel and Hardy. Jobs and Woz. Yin and Yang. North, well, actually, South and South. It's the first UK Tech Weekly podcast duo format. (laughs) (laughs) We've got two Southerners, uh, really just bringing you lots of tech musings, uh, I think it's best to say. Uh, I'm Henry Bow, and I've also got Scott Carey with me. Hello. One representative each from the other side of the fence, B2B and B2C. Which one's first? Not me. Very good. <laughs> in B2B, <laughs> some of that was unplanned. Uh, in yeah. B2B world, Scott Carey, you are the Uberman. You are IDG's Mike Isaac. Um, I am. You are bringing us all the most unpronounceable names in technology yeah. over the next 20 or 30 seconds. Um, as the listener may know, Uber has finally picked a new CEO. And it's not a woman. It is not a woman, <laughs> which is um, very disappointing. Um, <laughs> very, very um, complimentary to call me IDG's Mike Isaac. I'm... I'm not nearly as informed or as talented, but I, I do come bearing opinions. And, um, <laughs> and you're some, a white and man. I, yeah, and I will be butchering some some surnames in the next sort of 20 minutes. I'll let you off. Um, but yeah, so Uber finally, after a long protracted search, have settled on a new CEO um, while its um, founder, Travis Kalanick, is taking a leave of absence following a raft of scandals uh, <laughs> ranging from... Putting it lightly. Yeah, ranging from um, sort of tracking users um, to a, a massive sexual um, harassment scandal, which originated with Susan Fowler's blog post, which feels yeah, like millennia right. ago, but it really wasn't. Wasn't that long ago, ago, really? It was less than, less than a year, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely less than a year. But he remains on the board. He remains on the board. He remains extremely influential. Um, so, so ingrained. Yeah. So, I mean, he did build the company up from scratch um, and it, it's got his fingerprints all over it. Mm. So, um, so the, the reason the, the search took so long apparently is because of a lot of infighting. So Kalanick had his favoured candidate who, according to Recode, um, was uh, Jeffrey... Um, no, yeah, it was Jeffrey Amelt from... Who's yeah, the GE, GE um, CEO, General Electric CEO. Um, and then Benchmark Capital, who are the biggest VC investor um, in Uber, they basically had a massive hand in pushing Kalanick out because they weren't too happy with his leadership style. Uh, they wanted Meg Whitman from HP Enterprise yes. um, to be the new CEO. Um, HP Enterprise is a relatively young arm of that company, right, brand-wise. Yeah, it's So split. she's not been there for too long. 
it's it's kind of strange that these people are so open about their desire to take the job at Uber because now that they haven't got it, they've got a really difficult job yeah. to do in terms of sort of um, reasserting themselves as the leader of their company, being like, yeah, I'm fully committed to <laughs> HP Enterprise. I suppose you've got to pay attention, haven't you? Yeah. When Uber comes knocking. It's strange to me, well, obviously money money talks, but it's strange to me that these people were so keen to, to get on this uh, on the Uber bandwagon, which um, Dara something has has done. Yeah, so they you do the name. They finally um, landed on Dara Khosra Shahi. Yes, nailed it. Yeah, I've been practicing. <laughs> um, he um, comes over from Expedia, the travel search giant. And he's been um, there for like over a decade, right? Yeah, yeah I think he's been there 20 years. Whoa. Um, and he's done an extraordinarily <laughs> good job. In the last four years, Expedia's stock price has just doubled and doubled and doubled. Okay. Um, and it is now, I mean, it is probably the biggest sort of travel search engine. Um, I know Kayak's pretty huge in the US. Yeah, it's not really made it over here. No. Um, it uh, sponsors the F1, I suppose. For that's it. Like, as much as I know about Kayak. <laughs> Yeah, um, but he's he's done an extraordinarily good job, and he comes with with a really good pedigree. So, um, in the way that we can sort of uh, assess these things, he's got an extremely high rating on Glassdoor, ninety three percent. He's yeah. he's consistently one of the um, more popular CEOs on there. Um, in terms of his track record, he's made some massively successful acquisitions, like um, Home Away, which is an Airbnb r- rival. Stock price has gone through the roof, um, and mm. in terms of sort of corporate culture. Um, and diversity and all those important things which are going to be increasingly important in his new role at Uber just a bit he's got a very good track record as well Um, so he comes um, with a good reputation Uh, it it was a complete shock um, announcement basically Um, his name wasn't even really being mentioned in the press or in um, what is a very leak heavy board room at Uber Um, in fact like people like Marissa Mayer Sheryl Sandberg um, Suzanne Wojcicki, <laughs> that's the one I can't do, YouTube CEO. Um, they were all sort of um, more fated options yeah. than Dara. Um, so he, he must have done something um, very, very right during the recruitment process. Yeah, to what extent is this CEO going to be expected to whip Uber into shape? You said that Kalanick still has his, his hands all over Uber and mm-hmm. there's this, well, however old the company is, but this ingrained um, problems because they are objectively problems with the company and the, the attitude that a lot of their senior employees have. How much sway is he going to have over that? Is he going to like just sort of be a public-facing figure or is he really going to have to like get his hands dirty? It, it's difficult to say. Um, I mean, the fact that, that he's been appointed sort of suggests that he's kind of a truce candidate between Benchmark and Kalanick. So hopefully by not being either one's favourite candidate, he gets a little <laughs> bit of room to manoeuvre. <clears throat> so... Kalanick will try and influence um, decision making there from his from his board seat naturally, and and I think it's quite an open secret that he'd like to um, be back at the at the helm there. But um, I mean that that's conjecture. But uh, I think he'll get a good shot at sort of putting his own stamp on the company, and and mm. the most important thing here will will be a reputational sort of corporate culture um, transformation. Which is not easy to do. I mean, it requires a lot of buy-in. It requires like quite a lot of um, change um, quite quickly. But I, I guess that they think he's the man to do it. So um, he, he'll have to come in. It, it's just a shame from sort of an optics point of view that it's not a female candidate. Because you just get that immediate advantage of sort of a visual representation of what you want in terms of improving the 
the working environment and the, the diversity within the company. Um, but that's not to say that he's not the right person for the job just because no. he's a man. Um, so it, that time will tell with that. Um, I think from a business perspective, it will be very interesting to see what he does because uh, Uber still loses money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's um, sort of on the track to an IPO over the next couple of years yeah i mean a lot of people have like an 18 month to 36 month um sort of time frame on them going public kalanick was never that keen on it because it brings with it a lot of scrutiny um and he liked um doing things sort of in the in the The darker darker edges um so once once you've got this sort of established ceo in now it's it's much more likely that they will go public okay um do you think that would be as successful if they like if uber had done it in their current state it still would have been massive. Yeah. yeah, it still would have been absolutely massive. Um, there's so much potential with Uber. Uh, this is why investors sort of love it because it 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 really is a it's it's a beast of a business. And they've shown some um, their financials came out recently, and it was their best financials ever. Like their their business has not suffered from the the media coverage. Yeah. So which proves that like his job will be to. Maybe try and narrow those margins a little bit. Maybe um, try and try and get the the financials in a little bit better shape, and maybe stop investing. I think one thing we'll see is we'll we'll see him invest a little bit less in some of the moonshot stuff yeah. that Calinet was doing. Um, they're currently embroiled in a lawsuit with Google about um, stealing sort of trade secrets for self driving vehicles. Right. Um, yeah. And it, it's widely rumoured that Uber are actually sort of stepping away from trying to develop a self driving vehicle of their own, and they might partner up with someone like BMW or Volvo or someone that is doing it themselves, that will help the financials because it will mean that they're, they're investing less in the, the R&D and then they can just sort of try and focus on their core kind of ride-sharing, food delivery um, business and, and try and get that um, in decent shape. And that's what he did at Expedia. He, yeah. he kind of made sure that Expedia itself was making money and then started worrying about R&D and doing some really cool data science stuff um, of which we've written about quite a lot on Tech World, like Expedia, like are a very interesting company in terms of what they do in the data space. But that was only once they'd got the core business back to where it needed to be. Just clearly, what needs to happen here, and it's it's almost ironic that Uber, in uh, thinking too much about a driverless car, has ended up with a rudderless ship. <laughs> it, it's also ironic that if they were to develop a driverless car, that would sort their financials out because the thing that costs them the most money is drivers. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I, I, obviously, I think we have a justifiable uh, fascination uh, and also um, the, the need to report on these things at a corporate level. But like you said, uh, as far as we can tell, that it hasn't really affected people's public perception uh, of how they actually use the app and like the, the right at the bottom of the chain, us people using it and we haven't really seen a proper resurgence of the hashtag delete Uber. No, um, they are reportedly, um, there's plenty of articles on like Bloomberg about this, that um, yeah. they are losing a lot of market share in the US to Lyft. Yeah. Um, and it would be very interesting to see if Lyft could do the same here in the UK if they were to enter this market. Um, they keep refusing to tell me if they want to enter this market. Uh, they, they, it's probably the best thing for them. Yeah, they're kind of just, focusing on their core market and trying to get that right which is i mean uber spread itself extremely thin very quickly um which worked it did work they they entered a lot of markets as market leaders um, and they only lost two of them in russia and china really they won basically every other major market 
So is Lyft's business model incredibly similar to Uber's? It's virtually, virtually identical. The only difference is that Lyft tries to position itself as a little bit more of a friendly, sort of socially conscious business. Um, But they still pay their drivers virtually the same. You know, you can tip your drivers, but you can do that here now. Mm. Actually, someone, uh, one of our colleagues was using Uber the other day and she tried to tip them and they wouldn't accept it. Yeah, so it's in-app now. So they've introduced in-app tipping. Um, It was a... um, my colleague Tamlin McGee wrote last week that it was probably quite a cynical gesture because they've got a big sort of um, hearing coming up about um, right. how they're allowed to operate in the UK. So maybe introducing lovely things like tipping for drivers might give them a little edge there. Is that a UK only edition? Uh, that, that was a UK announcement. So they did a wide ranging UK announcement about how they were going to pay their drivers better and, and introduce tipping and stuff like that. Literally like two months ahead of, of that major hearing with TfL. So. Okay. <laughs> Nicely timed. So... Yeah. You think it's going to be all right with Dara at the helm? I think he's a really good choice. Um, I wasn't too convinced by the alternatives. I mean, I don't know a lot about Jeffrey Amelt, but the fact that he was sort of Kalanick's favoured candidate makes me worried. <laughs> yeah, poison um, you don't really yeah. want a Kalanick puppet in there at this no. point. Um, Whitman, fine, you know, very experienced, very successful. Um, I would have loved Marissa Mayer just for the story, but actually it probably wasn't the best decision. Um, no, from everything I've heard, um, Dara is is a good candidate. The, the main problem will be just how easy it is to do his job when you've got benchmarks suing Kalanick and the board is just an absolute mess. So yeah. it's whether he can sort of extricate himself from, from that and, and maybe just get on with the job at hand. But it's a really exciting company to work for. Yeah. So I can see why he fancied the challenge. Definitely. And it, it looks like a bit of throw his way around a bit since uh, it's been announced. A lot of the pictures of him in the press, he's looking very Jeff Bezos. He is. With the aviators he, and the, yeah. the gilet. Yeah, he's got that, that Bezos swag about him. <laughs> um, he, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a pretty cool guy, actually. And, and he's a really he's worth a follow on Twitter because he's just really outspoken um, uh, opponent of Donald Trump. He is an Iranian immigrant. He's got a really interesting backstory in that um, his dad uh, immigrated from Iran illegally and then um, they, there's you can read all about it. But basically, so it means that he's very supportive of immigrant workers and, of and all of that stuff that and Donald I'm Trump sure doesn't he's like. he's going to want, uh, yeah, to hopefully encourage that kind of import for his new business as well. Yeah, so. I mean, um, I mean, how many Uber drivers are sort of um, immigrant workers? You know, yeah. it's, it's, that, it's that sort of role, so... It'll be interesting to see how he how he takes on that challenge. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think I think good. I mean, as good as it could possibly be. Okay, well, uh, for the first time in a long time, that's something uh, we've been able to say about Uber. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it actually looks okay. Sort of embroiled in lots of bad, but actually, there's there's it looks like it might be a good result for for the company. Yeah, it's slightly concerning. I think um, obviously you're more informed, but for me that Kalanick is still there. Uh, I know they haven't gone full Apple and just kicked out uh, their CEO. They're trying. Jobs uh, triumphantly returned to Apple, but with a, I don't think they would have got to that point had he remained influential. So it's going to be, yeah. it could be messy. They're, 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 they are trying. Benchmark are currently suing him for fraud yes. um, and trying to take him <clears throat> and his three board seats um, off the board. Um, I have no idea how likely they are to win that case, but it's, mm. it's worth keeping an eye on. Um, but Kalanick, um, from what I've read, sort of harbours some fantasies of a Jobsian return to the company <laughs> he built. Um, so watch this space. Yeah, I mean, it took Jobs about 
best part of a decade to do that. Yeah, and at least he went off and like did some interesting stuff and learned yeah. some lessons. Well, next, yeah, was a, a big lesson for Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what Kalanick would invent. Don't know. Oh, God, it's not even worth thinking about. No, I know. <laughs> Let's not go there. Well, thanks. Uh, big update on Uber, and I'm in uh, no doubt that we'll have another one <laughs> probably in yeah, a couple of weeks' Yeah, this time. news cycle never ends. <clears throat> it really doesn't. It's, it's an interesting beat. It is. <laughs> and it is. weird that one company can command that much attention. Uh, but thank you, Scott. Uh, we'll be right back after some drum rolls, and I'm going to talk at Scott about phones. So it's that time of year again. Uh, we've had CES at the beginning of the year and Mobile World Congress uh, and a slew of uh, new phones to excite tech journalists and infuriate the choice uh, that the public has. Uh, and now towards the end of the year, we are getting more of them. And we've seen some of them. And our, our colleagues are currently at uh, uh, IFA in Berlin. That makes more sense uh, to look at some of the latest ones. But what Samsung has done is... It used to announce its Note phones at IFA, and it's now done what it's done with MWC, and it's not there anymore, and it's not at IFA. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. In terms of phones and it's brought out its Galaxy Note 8 this uh, last week. Um obviously they're doing an Apple, they're kind of doing their own announcements outside yeah. of the... Phone department is distancing itself from trade shows now yeah. um, just to whip up more uh, excitement and also right before <laughs> all these events. Does it work? Um, it's worked this time at least. Um, to my surprise in a way, just because I thought it was such a disaster that the Note 7 literally caught fire. <laughs> yes. So this is a phone that was announced around this time last year and uh, we actually got one in, we used it. It was really, really good. Um, it was a bigger, better designed Samsung phone than the S line that is yeah. always so popular. Uh, you can write on the screen, which I think is neither here nor there, but the cameras were better, the um, ergonomics were better, the screen was better. 
Uh, but then, yes, it did. Uh, ours didn't, <laughs> but it did uh, actually explode, which we covered in depth on this podcast, as you'll remember. Uh, and I remember a few of my colleagues saying it's not actually going to harm them. And it really hasn't. Yeah, I was going to say, is it brave or stupid just sticking with the brand? We all thought they would ditch the brand. Um, but they've got this kind of <laughs> this rhetoric that they used at the launch event where uh, DJ Co, which is a great name, he came out on stage. I don't think he's a real DJ. Um, but he did whip up the crowd by uh, showing this huge presentation, slightly mawkish, to be honest, um, in New York. And he was basically just like, we're really sorry, but we've learned from our mistakes. Yeah. And here's like, like, like you intimated before we started recording, like the, the Phoenix phone. Yeah, well, are they calling they... it the Phoenix? Or is <laughs> that just what we call it? I think that's testing fate slightly. <laughs> I do quite like it, R- risen from the flames. But the thing is, it's, it's like, it's really good. I mean, it's... It, objectively a completely unnecessary device sure like it like uh, he explained that he called it the note community like it's a very i, I still think it's a very niche product and it, it makes a lot of headlines but i think it's only made these many headlines because the last one yeah blew up um so it's a 6.3 inch screened phone um and it looks very much like the galaxy s phones that are at the moment the s8 plus particularly it's only 0.1 of an inch bigger than that phone and slightly boxier and like all the other note phones before it you can use the s pen which is yeah. just the stylus so is that like bezel-less like yeah. the unboxed samsung yep. thing yeah it's, it's that phone, phone basically yeah. but a note version of that phone cool. uh, the software is practically the same apart from everything that you can uh, do with this little pen yeah um but the functionality that it adds i've not yet used it my colleagues have and we've got it in for review at the moment um but being able to write a note on the screen while the screen is locked and it will record the note stuff sure. like that and um in term, it's more of like actual input for writing or drawing rather than using it to actually go around the uh, ui um but I, I find it a strange product and i know that a lot of people don't buy phones outright uh, really the, the reason many of us can afford an iphone or whatever is because it's subsidized mm-hmm. but this phone um rrp is 869 pounds blimey and that is a lot of money <laughs> and some people do want to buy their phones outright and um it's a lot it's a lot that is a lot of money and it's very very similar to their current flagship phone so they really are i think this phone they've piled a lot of effort into it and just making sure that the battery isn't too large yeah um but it's got to power pretty much one of the most powerful screens um on a phone ever so it'll be interesting to see what the battery life is like for that kind of thing but really uh, apart from the stylus input slightly changed design and a bigger screen it's also got dual cameras on the back yeah um i don't know if you're at all excited by having two instead of one no <laughs> No. <laughs> basically the advantage is it brings um it depends on the manufacturer as well so if you'll bear with me because uh, this will segue nicely into the lg v30 excellent which has been launched at ifa love so, an lg phone <laughs> many don't <laughs> and i presume you were joking i've only ever had an iphone okay cool. <laughs> um well but yeah dual cameras basically uh one uh might be a telephoto lens so you can zoom like with the iphone 7 plus mm-hmm. so you have you get an actual optical zoom rather than dig- digital zoom um, LG uses it pretty uniquely in that it'll give you a massive wide angle rather than uh, the same plane of, of vision just zooming in it will yeah. pan instead rather than zoom and then also other manufacturers like Huawei put in a monochrome lens so you get more realistic shots. So you can do all the cool stuff like panos and yeah and the Boca effect and things yeah, like yeah. that um, so what, what LG is just uh, as we record has just announced this morning is the V30 which has always been it's kind of like nerdy line of phones but they're trying to push it as their main flagship now because LG have been struggling yeah because um, I mean no one really knows what they do no, outside of tech circles make good TVs 
They do make good TVs and excellent fridges and such. Excellent. <laughs> the, 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 the G6 uh, phone that I, I reviewed, I thought was really good, but I don't think they've done amazingly on sales. And What's the hip-hop song like G6? They didn't actually use that. <laughs> Did they not? <laughs> but it was a missed opportunity. They, they should have definitely... There were many very bad They should have come out on stage <laughs> to like a G6. I, I actually... Uh, I, I met the head of PR when I was out there looking at that phone and he had never heard of that song. For God's sake. And he sake. was like, oh, this is a wasted opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> they probably but I, I think maybe he was kind of playing with this slightly and I think maybe he had already realised that that was an awful opportunity. <laughs> yeah, not the opportunity. That, actually, that is one that you want to miss. Um, they probably can't afford to pay for the... Pay for the rights. I, I have no idea who that song's by, but I presume it would cost a lot to- yeah. It's probably their only song, so they've bumped up how much it costs to pay for the rights. Also that. It's like Coolio just living off those Gangster's Paradise. Paradise dollars. Yeah, I can't name another Coolio song. No. Tweet us if you know, listener. What is another Coolio, Coolio song? Coolio trivia. <laughs> but yeah, the V30, um, it looks exactly like a Samsung S8, basically. Yeah. It's got a bezel the screen, uh, which to be fair, LG did try with the G6, but this looks a little bit more t- tiny curved to the edge of the screen. But the V series has always been um, better cameras, better battery, and better audio as well. But it's such a specialist phone, and like I think it looks great, but I'm a phone nerd. Yeah. Um, and so for the general consumer, it's 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 all going to come back round. I mean, Sony also announced a couple of new phones at the show today, but Sony's design language hasn't changed for about four years. Mm. It's that, I don't know if you can picture it, but thin uh, bezels on the side within two huge bezels at the top and bottom. Yeah. Um, where the speaker and microphone go. And oh, yeah. They just do not change their design. And they're then, I'm afraid, not very compelling anymore. And also, Sony have this weird thing, right? In Indeed, they have this agreement that their phones in the US won't have fingerprint sensors. And that's such an integral security measure now. I, I, it winds me up. Um, get it right, Sony. Anyway, iPhone 8. Uh, prob- While we're on fingerprints. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So this might be something you've heard slightly more about. Uh, iPhone 8. Not confirmed by Apple, but for all intents and purposes, that event will happen on the 12th of September, a couple of Tuesdays' time. What are they calling the event? We don't know yet. So no, it's basically a, a, a well-sourced uh, Wall Street Journal story yeah, uh, saying that's going to be it. And it's normally a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and it's normally in the first half of September. So That's not far away. It's looking likely. Uh, What's that, yeah. a couple of weeks? Yeah, 12 days uh, from now. Uh, that's exciting. It should be good. The thing that everyone stopped talking about is whether it will actually be called iPhone 8. I'm still not sure if it's going to be called that. Really? But uh, I don't know, because they're going to do... It's kind of what the rumours are going to be last year, and it makes me think that they kind of pulled out at the last minute, but we're going to have three iPhones. It's mm. going to be, well, two, really. One 7S, 7S Plus, and then probably what they'll call the iPhone 8. Yeah. But what they've never done before is um, announce... They normally discount the old model and introduce the new number. So 6S mm. became cheaper, and they introduced 7. I can't quite see Apple upgrading the 7 to a 7S and then releasing an 8 at the same time, if you see what I mean. Because why would people buy the 7S? Yeah. Brand new. So basically what the, what it's looking like is that the, the upgrade for the current 7 would just be adding an S on the end, but then making the body um, glass instead of metal so that they can have wireless charging. So glass, not ceramic? We don't know. It could be it could be ceramic, but ceramic is really expensive. That's the problem. Yeah. So if it, what would they do? Put like a piece of plastic in and then cover it in glass so it's got like a white back or a black yeah, back? Yeah, maybe. That's what Samsung uh, did for the Galaxy S7. It was like a weird bit of paper in there. <laughs> the I'm sure like Apple the won't use a weird bit of paper. <laughs> I mean, it looked good, to be fair. But yeah, it's, it, 
and it's looking all likelihood that those seven and 7s will be like one of the weirdest iphones ever because it will have inductive charging you can't really call it wireless charging because it does have to touch something um but yeah it's like it's just adding wireless charging and then supposedly won't even have a wireless charger in the box mm. which to be fair a lot of manufacturers also do but there'll just be this it will all be about the iphone 8 which is going to lose the home button yeah so is it going to be facial recognition yeah apparently and it'd be interesting because everyone has always rags on apple for being that company well they have latterly have been a company that do they just copy other people yeah um because people can say oh well they copied samsung they copied lg by taking out the bezels and taking out the home button or whatever mm. but if you try and use facial recognition on some of the phones that we've got at the moment it sucks yeah <laughs> the, I, I've, I've got the uh, well i've gone through a, an e-passport yeah, yeah. gate <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they never work. They just don't work. <laughs> they really don't. And it, a lot of people find that, don't they? Yeah. And the facial recognition stuff at the moment, um, LG's, I found LG's works more often than Samsung's does, mm. but it can also, both of those can be fooled by a 2D picture of somebody. Yeah. Um, or indeed, the people were discussing this before, like law enforcement stuff, just hold the phone up to the person's face yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've unlocked it. Um, and fingerprint so, isn't perfect. I mean, no? basically, if you like have anything on your hand like it's like not mm. going to work like oh yeah in the sense that yeah it's it's unreliable when you're sweaty yeah if and, i try and use it after a run it's just not going to work and so. then also that it's not impossible to put someone's finger on a fingerprint scanner or no. clone someone's fingerprint from um whatever anyway we're getting we're getting a bit too into yeah. it but then like yeah taking it was interesting to me that apple would take away touch id because they've made such a big thing about it as it links to your um, obviously the security of your phone but then also all your app store purchases mm-hmm. it can verify your um, identity on app, um, banking apps and things like that so for the facial recognition on the iphone 8 for not to have a button because they're not going to stick a i can't see them putting a touch id button like on the back of the phone like underneath the logo it, just, it doesn't look good it's just such an apple thing to do is like to get rid of something when they could definitely just have both in some way mm. Unless they couldn't have both because they don't want to have a home button. Yeah. I mean, I think, is it? I don't quite know why. I just think ergonomically they don't want to have a home button anywhere but where they would normally put it. And so yeah. it would become um, a virtual button. So like on Samsung's S8, um, if you tap where the floating button turns up, if you tap it lightly, it doesn't do anything. But if you push down hard, it's got a sensor under there. Yeah. And so it knows that you're trying to access that button instead. And does it give you, what's the word, where it gives you like, like a little... Haptic feedback. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does a little bit like a hard buzz. Yeah. So Apple may do that, um, but this facial recognition is going to have to be just really good. It's going to have to work in the dark. It's going to have to work every time. I got new glasses recently, and I like set it face unlock for a Samsung phone, and I got new glasses, and it didn't know who mm. I was. It's, like, it's not good enough. This is going to have to be like infrared scanning, like 3D scanning, because at the moment it's all on one 2D plane. It's very strange. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I'm sure they they can't they can't mess it up that badly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I was saying, they. I think unfairly uh, are riled because they copy everyone. But yeah. when Apple does something, it does it right. Yeah. In this user interface and like um, sort of seamless integration with new stuff, like the iPhone 5S was the first phone to have Touch ID. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but a phone before that that had um, a fingerprint scanner, or maybe roughly the same time, was the Samsung Galaxy S5. Mm. But it had a fingerprint scanner that you didn't press down or tap on. You had to like swipe your finger down it. Yeah. And it, it was crap. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. And people, I, I owned that phone and didn't even use it. But Apple just nailed it straight away. Without getting into the weeds of like locking and unlocking though, like if it doesn't have a home button, um, 
and no bezels it's it's good it's probably going to be a gorgeous thing like it probably <laughs> is going to be a genuinely you gorgeous are going to thing. want one the moment you see it yeah that's the problem especially considering it's probably <clears throat> going to cost four figures it could well be the thousand pound iphone yeah. yeah but like i said before um most people won't spend on an iphone they'll get it on contract big but contract though big contract it's probably going to be like 60 70 quid yeah you're, you're talking about and an iphone cost yeah you're not going to have a 45 50 quid contract if, if no that's way. what you've got to pay because if you, you've got to pay off in two years and apple will do the clever thing they always do with um perceived um scarceness of product so yeah everyone yeah. is going to like pre-order this um i'm day i'm i'm doing i'm currently doing an upgrade and it's like a terrifying thing because <laughs> I just have to make a purchasing decision at some point. Yeah, I mean the 7S is still going to be a really, really good phone. Uh, it's going to have a better processor. It's probably going to have inductive charging. Uh, they might improve the camera again. But just the not Apple, sure Apple's doing. Guy. I know. I just have to. I don't have think to, I can just buy yeah. it. Yeah, because the the new the new one um, you've probably all seen the pictures. Um, it's got like a little notch at the top which kind of dips down and will hold the earpiece and everything mm. but then um, because it'll probably also be the first iPhone to have a, an OLED display which can display much blacker blacks um, the status bar where it would normally look like there were two little ridges at the top for like the signal and your battery and everything mm. that will go black in most apps so it will look like a square screen oh, yeah. but then some apps will use it completely like probably the, the built in Apple apps will use that to make yeah. it just look really big which some phones have already done um, it's just one of the most exciting iPhone releases for a while so where, you guys you guys have to all take you guys can't take any holiday on the 12th of September, is uh, it? Unfortunately not, no. <laughs> I had the fingers crossed that it was the next week because it's my birthday. <laughs> no, I mean, but, it's getting yeah. rough for you guys, isn't it? What have you got? Um, Prime Day coming up? Eve is on at the moment. Prime Day's already happened, but, I mean, we're already, like, ripping up for Black Friday. That's Amazon it. never never dies. So. No. <laughs> um, but it's not even in terms of an, e- an e-commerce thing. Like, ah, this is going to be big news. It's the first time since 2015... Is that right? No, 2014. 2014 is the iPhone 6. Yeah. It's the first time they've majorly up- updated the hardware yeah. for three years. Yeah. It's going to be a big. It's going to be a biggie. And there's probably going to be a new Apple Watch, Apple TV, something else thrown in. All that. All, all that, that stuff, stuff that you want to spend all your hard-earned money on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will not spend my hard-earned money on, on a watch, but, no. you know. I think it made a, a lot of... Apparently what they're going to do, if you'll indulge this uh, nerdy fact, is that on the, on the iOS 11... The dock that you have at the bottom of iOS um, is going to be more like the dock on a Mac in that you can have way more icons along it. We can on the iPad anyway. And it's more like a floating dock that you can like yeah, bring, up, can bring up and down. Um, rumored to be coming to the new iPhone because of more screen space. That's what um, they want, isn't it? You can take away the dock, yeah. Um, and then just have a lot, lot more room to play. Nice. It's going to be interesting. That's pretty exciting. It's going to be expensive. It so, is. So, yeah, tune in Macworld UK for the latest probably on the 12th. Uh, Scott, thank you for joining me. Cheers. Like the duo format. Like it. Who needs other people? <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening, listener. We'll be back next week to probably talk about some more phones, uh, talk about Travis Kalanick returning to the head of Uber. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shortest and... tenured CEO of <laughs> Silicon Valley history. And all the other bad and wonderful things that happen in tech. Thanks, and see you next week. Bye-bye. Cheers. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.